the invitation from the Salt Lake City congregation to be here for about a week to participate in various church activities and also to participate in the Parliament of the World's Religion. Community of Christ actually has a long history with the Parliament, uh, going back to President Joseph Smith III, who attended the first Parliament of the World's Religions in Chicago in 
Many times as I have prayerfully pondered the nature and mission of the church, I can testify that I have been stirred and drawn by the Holy Spirit to dwell deeply in this passage of Scripture. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's no longer Jew or Greek, there's no longer slave or free, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Each time I reflect on this passage, I sense the, the urging and the urgency of the Holy Spirit challenging me to challenge myself and to challenge others to allow our understanding and vision of the church and its mission to be broadened and deepened in the world today. When first pinning this letter to the church in Galatia, I think Apostle Paul was at the pinnacle, the highest height of inspiration about the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ as it was to be manifested in the attitudes and relationships of faithful disciples who were gathering together in communities of fellowship and ministry and worship in response to the message of Jesus. One of the dominant themes of this letter, now the book of Galatians, is that in the new community created by the Spirit, as people respond in baptism to Jesus Christ, the markers or the characteristics, the categories, the definitions that human beings tend to use to identify and then separate themselves from others have been annihilated. Now is that too strong a term? <laughs> Not just questioned. Not just challenged. Paul is saying through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that that which human beings use to define and categorize each other and often distinguish each other in terms of human differences have been abolished, annihilated. They're wrong. And if they come back, it is because we are doing that. Because it's already been achieved in Jesus Christ. God's purpose in Christ was and is to create a single new people who are one in Jesus Christ, bound together in faith, love, hope, and peace 
as a revelation of God's nature and purposes in the world. And the good news of this passage is that is the testimony that for those who live in Christ, cultural, social, economic, gender identities no longer have any power to separate, alienate, or oppress unless we allow them to. I've read in several uh, commentaries on this passage of Scripture that the major part of this statement is drawn from one of the earliest confessional statements before people were baptized in the early Christian church. Just before they were baptized, the nature of the community that they were becoming part of through Christ was confessed, it was described, it was proclaimed. So that the person who had prepared for that baptism and all those witnessing the baptism would understand once again this new creation that was coming forth. Sometimes I, I wonder if we shouldn't include that statement in our baptism and confirmation services today so that we profess, we proclaim the nature of the faith community in terms of our understanding of oneness and equality among its members in Christ. Also, since many of us are children of the Latter-day Saints or what we refer to as the Restoration Movement or Restoration Tradition, one of my beliefs is that what we must always be seeking to restore is an unwavering commitment to the vision and spirit and quality of those relationships in the first communities of Christ that strove to live in oneness, that strove to live in equality with each other. We are called to be a church faithful to early Christianity and be distinguished by its commitment to the vision of oneness in Christ as described in Galatians 3 and as proclaimed in those earliest baptismal services of the Christian for me, that is part of the ongoing quest to be capturing the essence of the communities of disciples that gathered together and sought to embody the personality and the love and the vision of Jesus Christ. There's also another passage of Scripture we need to consider when exploring this theme 
visibly one in Christ, and I'm speaking of John 17. It's known as Jesus' farewell prayer, as remembered by the community of faith that shaped these words so that they could be transmitted to future generations. I'm going to read just a small portion of it. From John 17, verse 20, I ask not on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. What is Jesus praying about? He's praying for his disciples, who are his contemporaries, but he's also praying for the disciples of all generations who believe, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see, the world has difficulty accepting and believing in this vision of how life can be when it's defined by oneness and equality and love and peace because it's so different from how most people experience life. So it's very hard for people to believe that such transformation in human nature and in human society can happen. But according to Jesus' prayer, if there are communities gathered in the name of Christ, of faithful disciples who express to some degree, some discernible degree of visible oneness in Christ in the midst of human diversity, which is often the source of conflict, then the world will take notice and have reason to believe in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what I hear being said here God's strategy in Jesus Christ for the transforming and healing and reconciling of creation and the bringing of creation to its divine purposes is that there, is that there be communities large and small all over the world that are demonstrating what it is like to live in reconciled relationships defined by oneness and equality, where we love each other extravagantly and our hospitality is always welcoming, when there are communities that express that 
then the world will have reason to believe in the power of the gospel to transform and bless life. I've seen that power. I've experienced it in personal relationships. I've experienced it in groups that have met together for various purposes. It's remarkable. It's healing to one's soul. It's refreshing. You find yourself becoming more of the person you always wanted to be in such community because it's for such community that we are created. It's always like coming back home, perhaps to a place you've never been before, or an experience you've never been before. As the poet Robert Frost said, home is where when you come there, they have to let you in. <laughs> I like that. Community in Christ is where when you come there, they don't have to let you in. They are already looking for you before you arrive at the door. And you're welcome. And you're included. And you're celebrated as a person. And you are expected because we believe that each and every person has giftedness to bring and perspective to bring and life experience to bring that helps us become the kind of community God is calling us to be. So when we speak of restoration, we're speaking of a dynamic of restoring persons to proper relationship with themselves, others, God the Creator, and the whole earth. That's an important part of our understanding of who we are. And I've experienced it. I was the apostle community of Christ to Africa for four years. And in one of our Africa leaders' gatherings, uh, we were concluding a week-long training experience with a sacrament service, the communion, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And on the table, there was the Jewish and, and one loaf of bread. And as the service proceeded, the loaf was broken. And we were just getting ready to participate in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper when an older African elder, and he was an elder because he was a chief and well-respected, but he was also an elder in the church, stood up and he started. He said, stop. So we all paused. And I thought, what in the world? 
disrupting the sacred nature of this sacrament. And he said, pointing at all of his colleagues, we're not ready. He said, we come from different tribes. And some of our tribes have been in conflict for centuries. Our ancestors have drawn blood from others. Some of your ancestors. We speak different languages. We have different traditions and, and rituals, and we're always talking about who we are in terms of all of those definitions. So we can't partake of the bread and the juice that represents the one body of Christ until we recognize that we are no longer many tribes, that in Christ we are all now the tribe of Jesus. That's one of the most profound things I've ever heard. <laughs> we weren't ready. We have not yet transcended our differences. of this juice and this bread that represents what God has done in Jesus Christ to knock down the barriers, to knock down the walls. As it says in Ephesians, the dividing walls of hospitality are demolished. Christ becomes our peace. We have to let go of all the other identities and have as our primary identity that we are all of the tribe of Christ. Visibly one in Christ. And when I saw that happen in that fellowship that represented so much of the diversity of different peoples and tribes and language groups in Africa, when I saw that oneness happening, I believed. I believed in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to transcend all of that. That is an experience that we can share together on a regular it is the vision of the church. And I believe through the guidance of God, the community of Christ is making progress toward being a community of unity and in diversity and visible oneness in Christ. How 
toward the fulfillment of understanding that vision and that call. And we're still learning how to be communities of oneness and equality in Christ. So, I invite all of you to continue the journey with us as we seek to respond to the call of God to truly be visible 